0: If you would, let's stand. Let's worship the Lord. Anybody here got victory in Jesus tonight? let day and I told brother Herman we're trying to uh, we're trying to kill him aren't we we gave him chili before he uh, right after he preached this morning and uh, we made him eat tacos right before he preached tonight and uh, he got the extra spicy sauce so uh, and I did too and I'm feeling it right now amen but that's all right it's all good all right well I tell you what if you're saved and you know it put a smile on your face turn around tell somebody we sure are glad to see you tonight amen. This uh, fellowship for just a little while. You may be seated. I'm going to give you just a few announcements, and uh, mainly the announcements have to do with uh, revival, but uh, do we have any visitors tonight? We don't want to embarrass you, but we are giving away a free movie ticket, so I need you to fill out a card. If you're a visitor tonight, would you just lift up a hand so our usher can get you a card? Anybody? I see you, brother. I know you. I know you. Who do I not know? All right. uh, There we go. We got one right there. Brother Jerry, get her one, fill that out, and then also right on there who brought you so they can get a movie ticket, also. Hey, we are so glad that you're here. And I know the big question is uh we had a chili cook-off and a cornbread cook-off, and I'm here to announce the winners tonight, amen. (laughs) And can I say that uh our board of judges uh we we were very thorough, amen? Uh Miss Rhonda, where's Miss Rhonda? Miss Rhonda but she gave out the, the little things for everybody to vote with, made sure nobody was double voting. She was checking on you, amen? And then after we got through, Miss Mary counted the votes and in front of me, and I watched her to make sure she was counting the votes right, all right? So this tabulation has been approved by the board of directors of the official chili cook-off, amen? All right, the winner of the best chili in the chili cook-off and a hundred dollars is miss melissa tant amen <laughs> number seven the spicy one of course amen all right now this is why we want to make sure that the tabulations were clarified as not rigged amen because the winner of the best cornbread in the cornbread cook-off, was also Melissa Tant. (laughs) 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 Number four, number four. Man, I'm telling you. And we swear that was, she was working in the kitchen, but it was not rigged. (laughs) All right. Hey, uh, don't forget, uh, every night at 7 o'clock, our our food trucks are out there from 5 to 7. And so uh, please take advantage of that. Come early and eat and support them. And uh, don't forget, uh, Monday, Tuesday night, we'll have uh, food here for you. Uh, We're having the visitors also when they come. And then also, uh, we are tonight, after we get through, we're going to be watching the Cowboys. We're going to stream that. You can stay here and watch it with us. We're going to have popcorn and candy and cowboys, amen, can't beat that, and then also, uh, don't forget Wednesday night, Wednesday night is youth night, and we're going to fill this building with youth, amen, and the youth that brings the most visitors, they're going to get $100, and we're going to feed them all free pizza that night, all right, so uh, come and take part in the craziness on Wednesday night, all right, and we always, we always do youth night on Wednesday night, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, I don't know, Brother Herman, you remember last year how many young people we had get saved? taco truck is leaving if you want a taco okay it's okay for them if you want a taco you better run now amen all right they were good tonight though amen brother herman green sauce is good all right i don't know how he's gonna preach after that green sauce amen all right uh so come enjoy i I think last wednesday uh the, the last year on the wednesday youth night we had several kids get saved and so uh, always do that. So uh, please come in and support that. Uh, you don't want to miss that night especially. All right. All right. Let's stand. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to sing the great hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Amen. Let's sing it together. We thank you that no matter what we go through, we can say it is well with our soul. Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, we thank you that you're good to us, that you're better to us than we deserve. Lord, we thank you that you are our way maker. You're our miracle worker. You're our promise keeper. You're our light in the darkness because that is who you are, Lord. I pray that, God, you would just let us make that a reality as we sing it tonight. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing Waymaker before Brother Herman comes. thank you that you are our way maker. God, you're our healer. You're our provider. You're our miracle worker. You're our promise keeper. Lord, I thank you that you are our light in the darkness, Father. Lord, I know there are many here tonight, Lord, they need healing, Lord. Sometimes we don't speak enough, God, about healing. But God, we know that you are our healer. We know that you are our great physician. And there are people here tonight probably everybody in this building needs healing of some sort it may not be physical healing but Lord maybe somebody needs emotional healing tonight maybe they're struggling with depression anxiety worry fear Lord uh, some folks in this building today they just need uh, their families healed some people need their marriages healed some people need their physical health healed some people need their finances healed and God we just put all of that in your hand and know that God you can bring healing You can be our way maker, our miracle worker. Whatever the need is in this building, Lord, we lay it at your feet. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, come pour out. As we've already said, God, what is totally necessary for revival is your Holy Spirit, God. None of this means anything if your Holy Spirit does not show up in this place tonight. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Brother Herman. God, we pray that you would use him in an incredible way. Father, God, speak through him the message and the words that we need to hear tonight, Father God, and just use him as, God, uh, as you would tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering, if you would. And give Brother Herman a big hand, if you would.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here tonight. We appreciate your presence. Uh, If you missed the uh, taco truck, uh, you missed a blessing, I tell you. I want to encourage you, if you can, to come somewhere between 5 and 7. And you don't have to fix supper. You can just buy it out here in the parking lot. Come into the Fellowship Hall and eat it right there. And we certainly appreciate the kitchen committee and Mary and all of those that help her in the kitchen. They do a marvelous job. They'll have tea out there, dessert out there, all of that out there for you. So please uh, invite somebody, bring them with you. Uh, we'll just have a great time together, and so uh, I thank you for being here tonight. How many of y'all are on Facebook? Several of you. Have y'all seen these crazy grandmas on tele- on, on Facebook? I, I mean, they get their grandkids, you know? Have you ever noticed that? They get their grandkids, and they always say, you know, mine's the prettiest grandkids in the world, you know? Uh, isn't, isn't my grandkids beautiful? Well, they haven't seen mine yet, maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, yours may be good looking, but you need to look at mine. You know, I mean, they, they are beautiful, amen? No, I'm just teasing because I noticed that uh, uh, your pastor's wife's always, you know, showing off her grandkids. And, you know, she's one of those crazy grandmothers, and, and we just kind of kind of scan through that. No, she does have a beautiful, beautiful baby, and I just appreciate that so much if you have your bible tonight listen my football team just finished up they won kansas city and so there you go i am big kansas city fan ever since i went to white house and i heard the story about patrick playing high school football there marrying his high school football uh uh, high school sweetheart and um and 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 just his reputation uh you know i think he's a pretty good kid i really do you don't see a lot about him doing anything bad in the news like a lot of those football players and so I just I just been behind him and I just think uh, you know uh, happy whenever they win and so uh, they won today and so that's a good thing I don't know what the Cowboys are gonna do uh, I, I, I be honest with you I was a tremendous Cowboy fan for years and years and years uh, but I, I just kind of got away from them a little bit and I still watch them, but I, you know, I'm just not that big of a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. I think if they got a new owner and they got a new coach, maybe the coach would be all right if he had a new owner, you know, but uh, I I tell you, yeah, and general manager and, and all of that, maybe Cowboys would turn around and do something, but anyway, they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars whether they win or lose anyway, amen. Um, Mr. Jones, he keeps them in the public eye all the time. Well, I don't know, but maybe there's somebody here tonight that really needs a miracle. Uh, I believe that God is in the miracle working business. I'm one of those that believe that there's not anything too hard for God. I believe there's not a problem that God can't solve, and there's not a need that God can't meet. God may not do it our way, but God is certainly capable of doing it. His way, And sometimes, as I said this morning, if we just let go and just simply say, God, I can't do it. But, God, I believe that you can. And so I'm just going to trust you. Lord, I'm not going to depend upon me. I'm not going to depend on what I can do. I'm just going to depend on what you can do. And I'm going to trust you. And um, And so I want to give you a message tonight. You know, you're going to be familiar with the story because it's in every one of the Gospels. Isn't that amazing? It's in Matthew, Luke, John. It's in every one of the Gospels. And and so there must be something in this story that God didn't want us to miss. And so uh, I want to just read it to you. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 2. And a great multitude followed him because they saw the miracles which he did upon them that were diseased you know i never read that verse and i don't think about the one over in uh in the second chapter where it said many believed upon him but he did not commit himself unto them because he knew what was in their heart multitude of people were following not because of who he was but because of the miracles in which he was performing uh, you know that in essence they were just looking for the handout amen and so uh the Bible said a great multitude was following him because of the miracles that he performed. And Jesus went in, verse 3, and Jesus went into a mountain, and there he sat with the disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he said unto Philip, to one of his disciples, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do, Philip answered him and said, 200 pennies worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto them, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. Now, have you ever wondered, how did Andrew know about the little boy? I, I, I think. And Andrew was a people's person I believe that Andrew was one of those men that mingled among the people and somewhere mingling among the multitude he must have struck up a conversation with this little boy and maybe the little boy maybe he didn't have anybody with him he was there by himself there was a great multitude of people and Andrew just kind of took to him and maybe in the midst of the conversation the little boy said sir are you hungry and Andrew says no not really and he said well I tell you I got some fish and some loaves of bread if you're hungry and, and Andrew could have said no I'm not really hungry he says uh, let's sit down and listen this man's getting ready to speak Jesus spoke and when he got through Andrew walks up on this conversation and he's asking Philip said feed the people and Philip said we don't have the money And so another book, another uh, uh, passage says, send them away so that they may go into the city and buy their own biddles. But Andrew said, there's a little boy here which has five barley loaves, and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down, and there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. The Bible says in Matthew there were 5,000 men besides the women and children. So writers say we really don't know how many people were there that day. could have been 9,000, 10,000, 12,000. We don't really know. We know that there were 5,000 men besides the women and children. And then the Bible says that uh, uh, Jesus uh, Jesus said, Make the men sit down, and there was much grass, and there was about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples them that were set down, and likewise of the fish as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered themselves and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is a truth, that prophet that shall come into this world. Now, we're all familiar with the story of the little boy with the loaves and fishes. But what is it, what could it be that God is trying to speak to our heart about? That in the midst of crisis, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of needs in our life, that you and I can depend not upon ourselves, but that you and I can learn how to depend upon God. I'm going to give you three simple things tonight that will change your life. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a need. I don't know if you've ever had a problem. But if you've ever had a problem, if you've ever had a need, I promise you, these three things will change your life. The first thing that I want you to mention is, mention is simply this. God is not limited to the size of the need. God is not limited to the size of the need. Now, the problem that we have is we bring God down to our level instead of taking ourselves up to God's level. What is it that God cannot do? He's not moved by the size of the need. He is so much bigger than See, that's what happened to Philip. Philip, one of his disciples, said, look at the multitude out there. And what is, you know, we don't have the provision. We don't have anything. And Andrew, another disciple, said, yeah, Lord, there's five barley loaves and two, far, two small fish. But what, what is that among such a multitude of people? Their eyes were upon the multitude instead of looking at the sovereign. There is no need that is too big for God. If you asked Peter, said, Peter, how big is God? Peter would have said something like this. He said, I may not know much, but I do know this. I fished all night. I took nothing. But he told me to go out and throw my net and and launch out into the deep and let down my net. And he said, I went and I, I let down my net and I enclosed a multitude of fish. In so much that not only did my boat begin to sink, but I had to beckon my partners to come help me because there was so much fish. He would have said, you want to know how big God is? God is still bigger than the fishes in the sea. If you would have asked Joshua, said, Joshua, how big is God? Joshua would have said something like this. I may not know much, but I do know this, that after Moses died and I had the mandate to lead God's field, my first first challenge was Jericho. And as I stood there and I looked at Jericho, all of a sudden this person appeared in my presence. And immediately I asked him, said, are you for them or are you for us? Looking at the problem. And what did the man say? He said, but as captain of the host of the Lord, if I now come. You know what he said? He said, I, I'm not on that side. I'm not on this side. I am the side. I'm the captain of the host of the Lord if I now come. And he said, let me tell you what happened. He told me exactly what to do. He said there were tremendous walls around Jericho. As a matter of fact, books say that the walls were so wide that you could put six chariots side by side and run them around the walls of Jericho for the walls were so wide. So he told me to go march around it one time, do it six times, six days. Not say a word. The seventh day march around it seven times, give a shout, blow the trumpet, and said, guess what? The walls came trumbling down. He said, I may not know much, but I do know this. God is still the walls around the cities. You could have asked David, said, how big is God? David would have said, I may not know much, but I do know this. God is still God over the giants. No one is able to stand against God. How big is your God? I remember years and years ago when astronaut Irwin went to the moon, and he said in his book that he wrote, he said, I've always been a Christian in sin. He said, I went to church, but I wasn't a regular churchgoer. But he said, when I went to the moon, it literally changed my life. He said, when I was at the moon, he said, I looked back at this thing called earth suspended out here in this universe. And he said, as I stood there and looked at earth, he said, I lifted up one arm and my thumb and I closed one eye. And behind the end of my thumb, I realized and hid this thing called earth. But he said, that wasn't what changed my life. He said, what changed my life is to realize at that moment that God held it in his hand. How big is your God? You see, my friend, God is not limited to the size of Of your need. He's not limited to the size of your problem. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. The second thing that I want you to notice in this story is simply this God is not limited to visible resources. God's not moved by what we see. As a matter of fact, God's only moved by what we what? Believe. And what happens many times is that we want to we, we, we're looking at the problem and not having faith enough to believe in the one that can solve the problem now the book of hebrews talks much about that as a matter of fact you and i know by heart hebrews chapter 10 it says that faith is substance they hoped for the evidence of things what not seen and he goes on and he says And without faith, it is what? Impossible to please Him. Now, what that simply says is, is that we have to have faith. Without faith, we cannot please God. And faith is something that's hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, what's this. Here's where many Christians stumble. He goes on to say, he that comes to God must believe that he is. See, I could ask you tonight, how many of you believe God is who he is? And I promise you, every hand in this room would go up. That is faith, but that is partial faith. That is not the kind of faith that's going to move you in to live in a supernatural realm where God wants you to live. Because that verse doesn't stop there. That's where we would like for it to stop, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, that's where most Christians stop right there. You see, it's one thing to stand says, give what you've never given before. Well, God, I don't have that. Well, God says, I want you to go where you've never gone before. Well, God, I don't want to go there. And we kind of draw back and we say, well, God, I can't see it. I don't understand it. God, I don't hold it. I don't possess it. You know, God, I just, Lord, I'm just going to stand right here. No. Faith is not only believing that God is who he says he is, but that he is a rewarder of those that will diligently seek after him. Go where you've never gone. Give what you've never given. Trust what you've never trusted before. And then people ask me, they say, well, what happens if you step out there and, 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 and God doesn't come through Well, you're free? But here's the good answer. God has never failed. God will never ask you to do anything Go anywhere yeah. that God is not able to provide God's never failed. Amen. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. We want to walk by sight yes. Yes. instead of by faith. You know? yes. We want to be able to see it. We want to be able to hold it uh-huh. before we can trust. I said, no, it doesn't work. That way. Peter launched out into the deep. He said, I've toiled all night. I didn't take anything. But he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll go. And listen to what the Bible says. And when he let down his net, he enclosed a great multitude of fish. He never caught a fish until he did what God told him to do. So God's not moved by visible resources. He's only moved by what we're willing to believe. See, that's what got the children of Israel in trouble. You remember they get up there, and that's why I'm a Baptist, they formed a committee, and they said, look, we better go send a committee in, check out the land, make sure it's everything that God said it was, and so they get this committee, and they go in, and they check it out, and they all came back, and they all said this, it's everything God said it was. It's a great land. It flows with milk and honey. Said men. The Bible said they pulled a cluster of grapes between two men because they were so great. But that's where they quit. They said, but God told us the goodness of the land, but God didn't tell us about the problems of the land. God didn't tell us about those people over there that are giants in comparison to who we are. And God didn't tell us about those cities over there They had those tremendous walls around them. So it would have been better for us to stay where we were than to be where we are, except for two. You remember who they were? Caleb and Joshua. And they stood up and they said, "Whoa, wait a minute. Let's not rebel. Let us go in and possess the land, for we are well able to take it. See, one was just looking at the visual resources and two was looking through the eyes of faith. They believe that their God was bigger than the problems and greater than the need. So I ask you tonight, what are you looking at? Where is your focus tonight? You see, because what you look at it's going to determine whether you win or lose. And as I said this morning, someplace in our life that we have to come to the place that we die to ourselves to live in Him. And that's hard for a lot of Christians to do because we've been geared so much to do it ourselves, pull up our own bootstraps, get out there and make it. The ones that grind the hardest is going to make it to the top. Jesus says, no, no, if you really want to be great, it's not how high you climb, it's how low you're willing to get. The world says get all you can get. Jesus says, no, if you really want a lot, learn how to give it away. Learn how to give it away. You see, those are principles that go against our nature. God's not moved by the size of the need. God is not moved by visible resources. He's not moved by what we see. Nothing catches God by surprise. Nothing catches God by surprise. He already knows it. All we have to do is to trust it. Now, let me give you the third one because the cowboys are going to come on in a minute. He's not moved by the size of the need. He's not moved by what we see. The third thing is, faith is not faith until it's acted upon. Have you ever thought in that story, the Bible says, that he took the little boy's loaves and dishes, and the Bible said that he prayed. Now, I believe, this is just my interpretation, I believe that the disciples had walked. Out of all the miracles Jesus did, There was only one thing the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them. You know what it was? They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. His prayer life was so impressive, they wanted to learn how to pray as he prayed. Now, this is my interpretation. I think when Jesus took those loaves and fishes, he said, okay, let's pray. Now, what do you think the disciples did? Do you think they stood there and said, oh, no, here we go again. Pray, pray, pray. No, I don't think so. I think when Jesus said, let's pray, they bowed their head. They closed their eyes. They're hanging on every word that he said. Now, I don't know what he prayed. None of the gospel said what he prayed. But he probably thanked the Father for the little boy, thanked the Father for the loaves and the fishes, thanked the Father for the multitude of people and and what the Father was going to do and all of this and that. But when he finished praying and said amen, when the disciples opened their eyes, what do you think they saw happen to the loaves and the fishes? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing had happened. Listen to the next where he goes on to say. After he prayed, he took it and broke it and gave it to the disciples. Now the disciples had a choice to make, the same choice that you and I have to make every single day in our life. He gave this disciple some bread and some fish, this one, this one. He gave each one. And then he says, feed the people. Can you imagine? They're holding a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. Look at that crowd looked back at him but they had walked with him long enough to know that even though they couldn't understand it even though they could not explain it they were to obey it and i believe that those disciples turned around and began to break off bread and i think every time they broke off bread it just kept growing back growing back growing they went down that first row, and they started down that second row. One of them disciples, he looked at us and said, uh, you know, and they just kept going row to row to row. And they just feeding, feeding people out of that bread and fishes. And after all the people were fed, he says, go and pick up the fragments that none be lost. And they filled 12 baskets with over and below. You know what stops most of us? Is that one little part right there? It's not that God is not sufficient. It's not that God can't take a little and make much. But where the problem comes is that He pr- places these opportunities in our hand, tells us what we need to do. And we look at the crowd, we look at the problem, we look at the need, and we think, oh, yeah. I don't know, God, you know, I don't know whether you can do that or not. Maybe I need to fret a little bit longer. Maybe I need to try a little bit harder. See, I'm one of those that believe, and I preach to myself all the time. I'm one of those that believe that it's not what we don't know that is hurting us. It's what we know that we're not willing to do. See, I would imagine in this room tonight, many of us know what it is that God wants us to do that we haven't been willing to do. As I said this morning, it may be a habit. It may be apathy. It may be neglect. It may be unforgiveness. It may be bitterness. But somewhere in our life, God is wanting to perform a miracle, but he cannot perform a miracle because you and I will not do what he wants us to do. Well, you know, nobody knows about that. You know about it. God knows about it. And that's the only two that's important. So what is it tonight? Tonight? that you need to do in order to be obedient to God I talk to people all the time folks I want to tell you I I, I talk to people week after week they know they need to be saved it's not that they have not heard the gospel it is not that they haven't been convicted by the Holy Spirit it is not that they do not know that they need to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord you know what the problem is I'm going to I'm just not going to do it right now I got plenty of time Isn't that a joke? We don't know how much time that we have. Did you know that every one of us in this room will one day stand in our last church service and last invitation? One day it'll be over. And then the judgment. What will we say when we miss God's best? Simply because we wouldn't be obedient. I'm big on obedience. I'm big on commitment. I believe in order to succeed, a person has to be committed. I don't believe a marriage can stay together without commitment. I don't believe that kids can make grades in school without commitment. I don't believe a man can hold a job without a commitment or a lady. Everything to succeed takes a commitment. But isn't it amazing how we won't commit ourselves to God? To say, God, here I am. What do you want me to do? So I say to you tonight before I close, number one, your need, your problem is not too big for God. I don't know what you may be facing, but whatever you're facing, your need and your problem It's not too big for God. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, I mean, if you believe all that and you preach all that, why did your wife die of cancer? Hey, folks, I want to tell you something. Death is not the end. That's the hope we live for. This is not our home. We're just passing through. Amen? Sure, we want to stay here as long as we can. But, folks, I want to tell you, she's better off today than she would have been if she would have been sitting right there. You see, I don't know what your need is. But it's not too much for God. He's not moved by what you see. He's not moved by what you hear. He's only moved by what you believe. Some of you are holding on to what you saw. Maybe it was a bad report. Maybe it was bills that came across the counter. And that's all you can see is those bills, those bills, those bills. Those bills. Problems after problems after problems, and you've been focusing upon the the physical instead of the spiritual. And then thirdly, faith is not faith until you're willing to act on it. To believe God for that which you can't do, which you don't have. Just to let go and say, God, here I am. Now who needs a miracle? That's your question. I've had people say, you, you know, I ain't going down there and pray with that preacher because you know what people in this church say. Hey, ain't there a problem? Ain't there need? Maybe it ain't big enough yet in your life. But I tell you, there'll come a time that you won't care what people say or what people think. All you'll want to do is get to God. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to give an invitation tonight. I, I can't meet your need. I tell people all, I can't meet your need. But God can. I can't change your life. But God can. I can't change your circumstances. But God can. But the Bible says where two of you agree on earth is touching anything. It'll be done in heaven. Whatever we bind here will be bound here. will be bound there. Whatever we loosen here will be loosened there. And what we're going to do tonight is I'm going to invite you to come. You don't have to tell Brother Mark. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell nobody what you need. Your problem is, that's between you and God. But here's what we'll do. We'll take our faith, add it to your faith, that whatever needs to be loosened will be loosened, and whatever needs to be bound will be bound in your life, starting right here, right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this story. Lord, I know that there's so much, Lord, that we could talk about. Lord, we could talk about Andrew. We could talk about the little boy. We could talk so much about the miracle. But, God, I pray tonight there's somebody here tonight that desperately needs you, Lord. God, they walked into this building smiling on the outside, but they're crying on the inside, God. God, there's somebody that walked into this room tonight. That's, Lord, that is weighted down with so much burden and so much hurt and so much trouble and so many problems that, God, tonight you want to set them free. God, you're still in the miracle working business, God. I pray for them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing an invitation. Brother Mark and be here. If you just want to come and just say, Brother Mark, pray for me. You come on.
2: Oh so In the light Look for His perfect salvation today.
1: be seated, oh, just go ahead and sit down, mm-hmm. it's all- So much for being here tonight. I pray that God has ministered to your heart, and that you'll leave here tonight with just those three thoughts: that you're, there's not a need that God can't meet, not a problem God can't solve. That He's not moved by what we see; He's only moved by what we believe. And what we believe is not belief, and we're not willing to act upon it. And so, thank you for being here. I had to drink all of Mark's water here, where he wouldn't drink after me. I don't mind drinking after him, but I was thirsty, so but thank you for being here. Remember, uh, tomorrow night, invite somebody to bring you in. Tell them you'll feed them. You know, you, you won't have to cook. You just buy them, man. And if you don't have money for food, see me. I'll get you some money to buy food with, but come back tomorrow night, okay?
0: As I said before, uh, if you don't recognize good preaching, that's good preaching right there. Amen. And all kinds of decisions being made tonight, and God is doing something, and you don't want to miss. I'm I'm here to tell you, you can be seated for just a second, and the band can go ahead and come up because we're going to end with a song. But uh, I want to share this with you. Um, Monday and Tuesday nights are always the hardest nights of revival. Amen. Uh, Because you're going to go to work tomorrow tomorrow. You're going to go, you're probably going to have a hard day because the devil's going to make sure of it, and the devil's going to give you every excuse in the book of why you're too tired and why you can't come, and that'll happen on Monday and Tuesday, probably on Wednesday also, but in particular more on Monday and Tuesday, and so I want to encourage you. That just means the Lord, you're going to miss something the Lord wants to do. Uh, I believe all kinds of decisions were made here tonight, and I believe many more will be made. And uh, I wanted to uh, to present one to you, Austin. Come, come, go ahead and come forward if you would, Austin. Austin, uh, Austin, what is your last name? Sorensen. Austin Sorensen. And Austin comes tonight. He's been saved. He's asked the Lord Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. But he wants to come and uh, be a part of this church and join this church tonight. Amen. Austin, turn around, and face those people. This is Austin. Give uh, Austin a big hand if you would. Austin, you can go ahead and sit down. Uh, Shake his hand when we get done here in just a moment. Uh, We're going to end with a great song because it's been a great night, and we want to tell God how good he is, how great thou art. Let's all stand, and we're going to end with how great thou art.
2: i shout of acclamation and take me home what joy
0: is good. Amen. He is great. And I hope that you had a wonderful time tonight. Now, stick around. We're going to pop some popcorn. Uh, We're going to see what the cowboys are doing. And uh, we'll either all stay or we'll all be depressed and go home.